Thank you for stopping by the Courageous Truth Podcast. In this week's episode, I'm taking a look at, at First Kings and the story of Naboth's vineyard and really how we're seeing a lot of those manipulation tactics that we see in Scripture used by the enemy. We're seeing them in our culture today. My heart and prayer for this episode is that our eyes are continued to be open to the psychological and spiritual warfare that we are facing so we can equip ourselves with God's Word equip ourselves in intercession and spiritual warfare to continue to be victorious and continue to take a courageous stand for the truth. There is no time in my lifetime like now where the truth must get out there. The truth must be championed and talked about. And my prayer is that this episode blesses you, gives you a shot in the arm of courage, opens up your eyes to the tactics of the enemy so we can be strong and courageous. God bless you. Please enjoy this episode. Welcome everyone to the Courageous Truth Podcast, where we strive to live courageously through the lens of scripture and build courageous lives in a world that is driven by fear. Your host is a proud parent, a proud pastor, a proud business owner, and a proud American. Tune in today for your dose of courageous truth and now, your host, Eric Lundberg. Welcome, everyone, to the Courageous Truth Podcast. I'm very excited and honored that you would choose to spend a little bit of time with me today. I appreciate all the support from the last episode when I talked a little bit about fascism. I've really kind of come to a place where I'm getting a little bit frustrated. And the reason why I'm getting frustrated is. Because it seems a lot of times like there are very few that are speaking up and that are speaking out about what is happening in our nation and what is happening globally. As I look at what is happening around the world, it all seems to fit the same pattern. Each continent, when it comes to the COVID response, seems to rhyme. I heard a saying once that history repeats itself and sometimes it rhymes. Well, this time, it is rhyming. And I, I honestly believe that as a pastor, as a believer, I have a responsibility to inspire courage, to speak up, to speak out. And a lot of times it can be frowned upon, but I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit to speak out. We are in a spiritual battle, and it is manifesting in many, many different ways. I'm going to read a portion of scripture today out of 1 Kings chapter 21. This is a story about Naboth's vineyard. 1 Kings chapter 21, we're going to visit a story about a woman named Jezebel and her husband, King Ahab. Jezebel, as you know, is not only was she a queen, but there is a spirit, a manipulative witchcraft spirit that is attached to her, and we see her manifest throughout scripture. We see that spirit manifest throughout history, and we are seeing that spirit manifest today in the form of control, in the form of fear, and in the form of manipulation. The Word of God says this. I'm going to read out of the ESV version. Verse 1, second, first, I'm sorry, 1 Kings 21, verse 1. Now Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard in Jezreel, beside the place of Ahab, king of Samaria. And after this, Ahab said to Naboth, Give me your vineyard, 
that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it is near my house, and I will give you a better vineyard for it. Or, if it seems good to you, I will give you its value in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. And Ahab went into his house, vexed and sullen because of what Naboth the Jezreelite had said to him, for he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would eat no food. But Jezebel his wife came to him and said, Why is your spirit so vexed that you eat no food? And he said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money or else. If it please you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. And Jezebel his wife said to him, Do you now govern Israel? Arise and eat bread and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal. And she sent the letters to the elders and the leaders who lived in, with Naboth in his city. And she wrote in the letters, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth at the head of the people. And set two worthless men opposite him and let them bring a charge against him, saying, You have cursed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. And the men of his city and the elders and the leaders who lived in the city did as Jezebel had sent word to them. As it is written in the letters that she had sent to them, they proclaim a fast and set Naboth at the head of the people. Verse 13, And the two worthless men came in and sat opposite him. And the worthless men brought a charge against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth cursed God and the king. So they took him outside the city and stoned him to death with stones. Then they sent Je to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned to death. He is dead. As soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive but dead. As soon as Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, Ahab rose to go down to the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, to take possession of it. So what we see in that portion of scripture is we see him, King Ahab set his sights on a vineyard that was owned by a man named Naboth. He tried to purchase it, tried to trade for it. He wasn't given it because Naboth had higher value on the vineyard than for him, than money or whatever they were going to trade for it. Ahab went home sulking, crying. His wife Jezebel heard she concocted a plan to manipulate Naboth to a place where she could set him up to be stoned to death and set lies in place so that he would be caught and executed for a false crime. And I want to talk today a little bit about a word we hear in culture called gaslighting. We see it in culture. We see it around. It is manipulative tactic. And I want to talk about it. And I think it's important to talk about because we are in a spiritual war. We are also in a psychological war. That spiritual battle is manifesting in the battlefield of the mind. Joyce Myers wrote a book years ago called The Battlefield of the Mind. And I believe that this is what we are seeing. We are seeing psychological battle, we are seeing a manipulation battle, and we are seeing an ideological battle. 
take place in our nation, in the airwaves, in culture, in speech, and we need to be aware of what's happening so that we can set our hearts against it, stand strong, take a courageous stand for the truth. So stay tuned. I will be right back. This is just a reminder to go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I really appreciate your support here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Your subscription helps me to know how to create greater content and better serve you, my listener. Thank you for hitting that subscribe button right now. And I'm back. As we take a look at that scripture, what we will see is we will see a man who was innocent, who had a vineyard that was very valuable to him, but someone else with power wanted that vineyard, wanted it for their own purpose. What kind of vegetable garden? We don't know. We don't really know what he wanted it for, but he, we know that he wanted it. And so he used his power. He used his attitude and his demeanor to manipulate his wife, to concoct a plan in order to get that vineyard. And he got it dishonestly. And he got it in a way that took manipulation. It took lying. It took using people. So we know that Ahab was kind of the one who started the manipulation. We know that Naboth was innocent in all of his doings. We know that Jezebel is the one who conspired against Naboth to get her husband what he wanted. We know that there was two men that were useless men. The Bible even calls them that, at least useless in Jezebel and Ahab's eyes, basically pawns in their sick and twisted plot to steal and kill Naboth. So what we see is massive manipulation. What we see is a massive spirit behind it that's selfish, that has its own agenda, that wants to do whatever it can to fulfill the satisfaction and the evil desires that it has. And we see this in culture today, don't we? We see the same spirit, the same manipulation, the same selfish agenda, and not what the world says is selfish, but what the Word of God says is selfish. We see that selfish agenda in culture, don't we? And one of the greatest references that we see in culture today is these mandates. Mandates for vaccine, mandate for mass, mandates for close your business, mandates for this, mandates for that, massive control. And especially right now, the hot topic is the vaccine mandate. And the same spirit that we saw in that story, I'm seeing right here in these mandates. People don't want them. This isn't something people want. People want to be left alone to live quiet and peaceable lives. If they wanted the vaccine, they would have already got it. They've already had it by now. Everybody knows about it because it's on every billboard. So this mandate is to manipulate, coerce, bully, and threaten people into taking this experimental drug or vaccine. I don't care if it's FDA approved. We're seeing it come down to state workers, school workers, not in every state, but in Washington state. In some places, I heard in uh, Los Angeles County, if I'm wrong, please forgive me, but I read an article that now some schools are requiring all children to get the vaccine. 
this is ridiculous and we're hearing more and more adverse effects from this shot. So I want to read what gaslighting is and I hope this helps. This is out of a book called Words for Warriors, author by the name of Sam Sorbo, married to Kevin Sorbo. And it's a great book that really defines a lot of the words that we are hearing in culture. Gaslighting. Originating from the Patrick Hamilton 1938 stage play Gaslight, gaslighting is the systematic manipulation of a victim to think he or she is going insane. In the play, the abusive husband slowly dims the gas lights in their home while pretending nothing has changed in an effort to make his wife doubt her own perceptions. When she asks him if it isn't darker, he insists she is the one who is inventing things. He asks the staff to make loud noises with the dishes, and when she goes to investigate, everyone denies having heard a noise at all. Similarly, the media tell us destructive looting and rights are mostly peaceful and call them protests as a way of characterizing them in a positive light while the rest of us understand they are dangerous and threatening. For example, Dr. Oz says most Americans are getting used to wearing masks. Translation, you're the only oddball who doesn't enjoy wearing the face diaper. Gaslighting is a way of shutting down even conversation. People won't object to anything for fear of being called a racist, bigot, or just crazy. Another example might be the fact that due to the whiteness of your skin, you are deemed irrevocably racist and forced to apologize. You correctly perceive that judgment is in itself terribly racist. So you ask, am I crazy? No, you're being gaslighted or gaslit. You're not crazy. They are. And then there's another quote at the bottom of the page that says, what people believe prevails over the truth. And as you read that definition, you can definitely see how this has portrayed itself in our culture. I'm going to play a, tr a clip right now that I know every single one of you have already heard a hundred times and you probably can't stand it, but I'm going to read, excuse me, I'm going to play this clip from our president, Joe Biden, and he is going to make a remark. You l listen to it right now. We've made vaccinations free, safe, and convenient. The vaccine is FDA approval over two 100 million Americans have gotten at least one shot. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. There is a lot in that phrase that says, we are losing patience. There's threats in there. There's manipulation in there. There's bully tactics in there. There's coercion in there. There's guilt in there. In that statement right there to push people towards a vaccine they don't even want to take. And that vaccine doesn't even protect them from the virus. But everybody's got to get it for the common good. That is gaslighting. That's using manipulation. That's using guilt tactics to make us feel like we are the bad guys. Like we are the ones who are dragging this pandemic on and on and on. And it's a tactic that's been used for a lot of other things. I mean, just like in that definition was racism. Definite, here's one that I hear a lot, that it is mostly white evangelical that are hesitant 
vaccine. They call it vaccine hesitancy, like it's a mental disorder because we're hesitant about it. So what they're doing is they're calling out white people to attack Christians. That is wrong. That gets us to doubt our, and it really doesn't even, it's a, it's a spiritually manipulative, manipulative tactic that the enemy is using to get us to feel guilty about our faith and about our stand. And again, this has nothing to do with a vaccine or masks or social distancing or any of these protocols. This has everything to do with the spiritual battle that we are facing, that we must fight. So there is so much manipulation that is, it's been around for a long time, but it's coming to the surface now and we're seeing in a lot of different arenas. Right now, the highlight is vaccine. This time last year, the vaccine wasn't even a thing. Now it's going to be the vaccine passports. And that's going to be a whole nother level of manipulation, a whole nother level of gaslighting. They're going to use it more and more. Call us racist, call us bigots, call us all these things. We have to be strong and understand, number one, our identity is in Christ. So they can say whatever they want about us. But when our convictions have peace about them, when our convictions are pure, we have rest in that and we have peace in that. And they can say whatever they want, but we know that our identity is in Jesus. And maybe you're out there and you're not a believer right now. You don't have trust in Jesus. And what I would say to you is there is no greater peace than the peace of Jesus. There is no greater comfort than the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And there is no greater hope in the reality that when this world is done, we will be spending eternity, those of us who have surrendered our lives to Jesus and entered into covenant with him and believed in his death, burial, and resurrection, we will have eternal life with God the Father. That is the grandest hope that there is. There is the, no better faith. So really, on earth, they can say whatever they want. We know that we have a greater hope. So I continue to put these out, and, and so these episodes out, and I, I, don't, I might do them midweek because I'm, I'm starting. I've already got a couple episodes down. I haven't released it just. Um, I just do, I, I do feel like I want to keep them separate because I want to spend uh, the other one focused on Bible study and interviewing pastors and different church members and, and things uh, more about the goings-on of Courageous Generation Church. But this platform is something that I love, and I hopefully it helps you. I know I'm, I have listeners all over the world, all over the country, um, and I appreciate you. You can find this podcast on Facebook. Please go and follow it. Please go leave me a message. I'd love to know where you're listening from. And if this helps you and if there's anything that you would like me to discuss or talk about, I'd do my best to, to bring those things up and, and shed some light into those. But the bottom line is this. I believe as believers, we need to be strong. We need to stand up. We need to know what type of psychological weapons we are facing so that we can be prayerfully victorious and prayerfully overcome. And that's all the time that I have for today. Thank you for stopping by the Courageous Truth Podcast. God bless you. I'm going to end this podcast in a prayer. So, Father God, I just thank you that you sit on the throne, that, Lord, we can put our trust, our faith, and fix our eyes upon you. And, Lord, we live in a mixed-up culture. We are seeing witchcraft. We are seeing a Jezebel spirit. We're seeing manipulation. We're seeing gaslighting all throughout our culture. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to stay strong, 
Help us to be strong for those who can't be strong for themselves. Help us to not fall into the trap of mimicking the culture's way of dealing with disagreement and different issues. Help us to continue to stay strong in the faith. Speak the truth in love, but speak truth and to be courageous about it. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So God bless you. Thank you for stopping by and continue to take a courageous stand for the truth. I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Courageous Truth Podcast. We live in a world that is in desperate need of courage and in desperate need of truth. Our prayer is that this podcast will equip and inspire you to live courageously for your family, your community, your God, and for your country. Be courageous in your stand for truth in a world that is completely abandoned. See you next time right here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Remember, truth requires courage.